premium priority on what you're about to learn. Amen. Uh, what the scripture says about wellness. Amen. And we're been focused here lately. Uh, last few years, God mandated that we would teach on wellness in about eight different areas and spiritual wellness and physical wellness, emotional wellness, financial wellness, uh, occupational wellness, environmental wellness, and social wellness. And we have been really, really uh, learning a lot about those areas. We've had special guests to come on and teach. Our son, oldest son, Tony, who's a uh, NBA guy in business, and he taught for a while several lessons uh, on finances. Amen. An area that a lot of churches don't want to touch. They want your finances, but they don't want to teach you how to manage finances outside of what you give to the church. And all that's archived out there for those of you who want to go back and review these lessons uh, in those eight areas right there. And uh, so we, we're just so thankful that God mandates our path forward. He puts us under a certain umbrella. And uh, we go to the Bible. And all of this that pertains to life and godliness, in case you didn't know it, it's already in the Bible. And what we try to do is take a systematic approach to things. Some people just all over the place, toss to and fro with everyone in the doctor, and they run in here, run in there, getting this, getting that, spend a lot of money, wasting a lot of time. And they're not maturing and growing, and next year they're going to be the same place they was last year. And what we're trying to do is help people to move onward and upward in Christ Jesus, pressing toward a, a certain mark God has set which has a higher calling in God. And that's what it's all about. We're about upward mobility. We're about teaching people the word of God. Amen. Preaching the Lord mandated to us in the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, verse 42 of the King James Bible. It ministers, I want you to preach the word of God. Preach and teach the word of God to the people of God. And I want you to testify to them about the mysteries of Jesus Christ. And the mystery a lot of people don't think about when you think about Jesus is he is the only judge of the living and the dead. People got to know that. He, we got to know that, that Jesus is that judge. And we're not to judge, we're not to condemn, but we are to preach and teach the word of God and to testify about the one who is. And that's the one that we ought to fear. The Bible says, and I want to say second Corinthians, the uh, fourth chapter, maybe verse 20, I think it is. It's a judge nothing before his time. It's not our job. Even though when we get to sit with him after we leave this life, we will sit on that throne with him. And if he share his seat of judgment with us, hey, that's, that's God's call. But right now, no, we're trying not to be judged ourselves. We're examining ourselves against the word of God. And so thank God this morning for you joining with us this morning, excited about what we're about to learn. Amen. Amen. You know, from the word that's going to make us uh, well, uh, we started out a year ago uh, learning about spiritual wellness, you know, in those areas I just went over building a better future of optimal overall wellness. And just recently, Lord began to upgrade that and said, now I want you to build a better life for that future. What good does it do us to have that future and not have a better life? Amen. That scripture that I just gave you, it wasn't second Corinthians, it's actually first Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse five of the King James Bible. And it says, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who both will bring to 
light, the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Because we're going to actually see the word of God manifested when Jesus comes. So we're learning ahead of time what's going to take place. And we have to come in alignment with the word of God. You know, we have to let that word, sometimes people say, well, you know, man, I've been reading this in the Bible, and I've been reading my Bible, and I bought this plan to read through the Bible in three years, and I done read it a couple times. We started out that way, man. I was buying up everything they told me, and it worked. I mean, I read through that Bible so many times, and I loved it, even though a lot of times I didn't understand what I was reading, but because I was told to do it, I did it, and it benefited me. I saw within the man that I did not know. You know, so many times people look for things that they think they know, but I was looking for stuff I did not know. And I discovered a lot of things. I didn't go tell nobody that what I discovered because I didn't know what to tell them. But I had to learn. I had to learn. And one day the Lord stopped me and told me to shut that Bible. And I hate to see when you come to me, you got to first believe that I'm who I say I am. And I do everything that I said I'm going to do in that Bible before I do anything else. And I was like, well, why am I looking out, looking for this and looking for that and trying to get with this person, that person? When the Lord said, hey, he only going to do what he said he's going to do in the Bible. That's what he promised to do. And then, then I learned that he's faithful who promised. He ain't a man that he should lie. So I said, well, I'm going to spend most of my time looking in the Bible to find out what it is God said he's going to do next. And, man, did I discover some things after that day. Because once I closed that Bible, it was a beautiful King James Bible someone had given us given me as a gift. Uh, once I closed that Bible and laid it down in that chair, and the Lord told me, he said, it's, it's, it's like he was, the Holy Spirit said, this is the key to understanding. This is the key. Well, what he said was, this is the key to unlock what you don't understand. And I was like, hey, man, I was anxious to get that key. And he said, when you come, you got to first believe. And I was like, do I believe every time I open this Bible, I know what I'm looking at or what I'm, I didn't. But I had, to, I, had to, I had to get that right within myself. I couldn't blame nobody for that. I was a little bit embarrassed that I didn't understand because I didn't consider myself to be a dumb guy. I thought I could just figure it out. No. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot discern the word. I want to understand how many people look at the word like they look at a textbook in school. No, the word of God is spiritually discerned, you know? It's spiritually discerned, you know. It's like Greek to someone who don't, who don't have the spirit, you know. And so I realized at the time I was, I, I, you know, I had the Holy Spirit, but I wasn't utilizing him to help me understand the word. I was still calling him an it. And he was God, the Holy Spirit with me, the helper, the paraclete, come alongside to help me. And then once I realized he was in, in me, greater than he that's in me than he that's, that's in the world, he was there to help me. So I started depending on him. I started calling him. I started asking him. And that day, the Lord said, you just got to believe and that everything in this Bible from Genesis to Revelation is authentic, is true, is inspired by God, given by God for your learning. And I just made up my mind that day. I said, okay, but how do I say to myself, how do I know everything in there is true? See, that's what we do sometimes. We talk ourselves out of what God is telling us is true. And it'd be our mind. We'd be, we be playing this thing in our mind. Instead of just believing what God said, he said in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6 of the King James Bible, that's how you have to come to God. You got to first believe. 
and this is what we've been trying to get back to this this year in this teaching we're doing. It's about first believing, okay? And then secondly, declaring what you believe. Remember now, if God didn't say it, he ain't going to do it. We might want him to because I feel like that's what I want him to do. But if he didn't say it, he ain't got an obligation to do it. He said, why? He said, Jeremiah, put me in remembrance of my word. What did I say? You know, book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 26, King James Bible. He says that. Put me in remembrance of it. You know, let's read and know what I, what, 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 what I said. We learned the other day, so shall his word be to go forth out of his mouth. Book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, the King James Bible. It goes out. It ain't coming back, boy. It's going to do what God pleased in the purpose to which he sent it. And he sent his word to heal our disease, according to the book of Psalm chapter 107, verse 20, King James Bible, to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction. Jesus was that living word, because once they didn't accept the word of the prophets and the, you know, and the original apostles, Jesus had to come himself in human form, unnated word of God, made flesh. And the Bible says in the book of John, the first chapter, verse, verse 14, he came and dwelt among his own people. They didn't recognize well, they didn't recognize the things that God was showing them before Jesus came. And then once Jesus came as the living word of God, he sent, they still didn't recognize it. All these miracles and signs and wonders and healings that he was doing. And he wanted to know, for which one of these are you doubting me for? Well, the next thing he prayed after he did the miracle and told him, roll up that bed of affliction and rise up and walk, carry that bed with them. Go to the priest and show yourself for verification purposes. Go and sin no more. But he prayed his prayer. Father, help their doubt and unbelief. Isn't it amazing today there's still people who doubt God, don't believe God. They got to see something to believe it. Well, we are of the persuasion that if you don't believe God, you're never going to see it. Faith is you got to come to God and first believe. And he said, I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. Well, if I believe something that I read in the scripture, then seek what it means. If you seek him, you're going to find him. Best thing to do is seek him early before you get all confused and talk yourself out of it, you know, and be too ashamed to say anything because you think it's something wrong with not knowing. Well, eventually you will know if you ask God to give you wisdom, he said, make sure you get understanding. Study that word to show that those are proved in the God as a workman who need not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. Cut it straight. God is only going to do what he said he's going to do. And it's up to him whatever else he do. But I can stand assured he's going to do what he promised to do. Why? He's not a man that he should lie, but he's faithful who promised. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I went, when that happened to me back then, man, we was up in Virginia. And the Lord told me, I finally I gave up and said, Lord, I, I, I just believe that this is your word. I believe that wholeheartedly. Even though I didn't, I knew I didn't understand everything. The deeds and dials, like a lot of people, had that big old beautiful King James Bible. Didn't want nobody to know that I read it, but I don't know what I'm reading. I read it a few times. But that day, everything changed. And after I said that to God, he said, now open it up wherever you want to and just read. It was a huge difference after I talked with God and accepted his way of doing things. He added the understanding. He added the wisdom. He added the knowledge. And once I opened that Bible back up, he didn't tell me exactly where he just open it up and read. Anywhere you read, now you will have a good understanding. And I opened it up and I started reading and I saw things in there, man, like jumped off the page. It was so clear to me now what he was saying. And I said, this is amazing. All you got to do is simply believe what you're reading. And so here we are now, all these years later, 
we're talking about believing and declaring what we believe and wait on the manifestation of what you believe, it will manifest because it goes out. You declared it in faith and you will receive what we believe. If we don't doubt in our heart. We learned that in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 20, verse 23, in the preceding verses, it talked about, you know, that mountain. You can say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea of forgiveness. And it'll, it'll be removed because you said it in faith. And he says, hey, and don't doubt in your heart. You're going to have the thing that you say, what you declare. And so I'm so excited this morning. So we're going to get into uh, into this word uh, this morning. Let's pray and uh, get into it this morning. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you this morning for what you've already done, what you're doing, and what you promised to do, God. We thank and praise you for your precious word this morning. We thank you that even now, God, we're being stirred in our hearts. We're, our belief this morning is going out of the roof because of what we've already heard, God. You've blessed our ears to hear what thus says the Spirit of the Lord to the church, God, to the children of God, to the believers, God, those who approach you in faith, God. We know that faith it pleases you god and we come this morning in faith believing trust and hoping being confident assured relying on depending on you god i hope it's in you and what you said in your word god these precious promises that you made us god and we thank you for the benefits that you've already given us you say you load us down with them daily god in the book of psalm chapter 69 god and and, and you said god we load don't forget all of them god and we thank you this morning that if you save us we're saved if you heal us we're healed God, you are still our praise this morning. We thank you this morning that we can enter your gates with thanksgiving and come in your courts with praise, knowing that we're the sheep of your pastor. It is you who made us and we did not make ourselves. So we declare this morning, according to the book of Psalms, chapter 100, Lord God, that we are the sheep of your pastors and we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. We are that chosen generation, that royal priesthood, that holy nation under God, those peculiar people. As we come before you this morning to show forth the praise of him that have called us out of darkness, and places into his marvelous light. And so as we open up your word this morning for spiritual nourishment, we thank you, Holy Ghost, for opening our eyes and causing us to see and behold wondrous things from God's plan of salvation. Thank you for Jesus Christ, the incarnated word of God made flesh. He was the word in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. But God, you sent him, Lord God, incarnated. <laughs> that dwell among his very own full of grace and truth and they did not recognize but we recognize them this morning as we look on the pages of this logo this written word and we began to ingest it as medicine to our flesh and marrow to our bones we thank you that it quickens us it comes alive it renews some things in us it rekindles some things in us because your word is powerful quick and sharp in the two-edged sword that cuts asunder between the dividing and separation of bone and marrow and soul and spirit and it's a discern of the thought and intent of the heart of a man, God, according to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12 of the King James Bible. And so we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, God, for drawing us and bringing us to the counsel of your word and your word, Lord. Hallelujah is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our feet, God. So we pray this morning, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our firm and pinnacle of a rock and our Redeemer. We say of the Lord this morning, he's our refuge and our fortress, and in him do we put our trust, God. We thank you this morning that there's no other God we have before you. We thank you that you do miracles, O God, so great. And for that, we are glad this morning. We thank you and we praise you for school of healing this morning. We thank you and praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Lord God, for creating a prayer culture for God. We thank and praise you for Wednesday night hour power prayer call and Thursday night wisdom call and Bible study and prayer. We thank you, Lord God, for Sunday morning worship and we thank you for ministry of the word. God, we thank you for praise and worship that battled the enemy in song before the word of God go forth. We thank and praise you this morning for your word reaching near and far. We thank and praise you this morning for sending a healing bomb of Gilead to those locations where we've been praying for family members that are dealing with afflictions, infirmities, sicknesses, illnesses. We thank you, God, for healing them, touching them right now, raising them up right now. God, we thank you for hearing their prayers of faith, God, and healing them and raising them up, God. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. God, you know their names this morning. They haven't changed this morning. But God, we continue to lift them up this morning as we lift ourselves up before you this morning. And we pray, God, have your way as we pray this morning. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. We counsel, Lord, and render this power to harm and every attack of the enemy, every fiery dart. We quench it this morning. We pull down every stronghold this morning. God, we give you praise, glory, and honor right now for the victory that you've already given us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So be it unto us, God, according to your word this morning. Here's our prayer in Jesus' name. We pray amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I want to talk this morning, you know, this this uh, <clears throat> past week has been an interesting week uh, for us, Pastor uh, Sharon and I, and, you know, but we've been we've been learning some things, you know, it's, it's wonderful to learn something new every day that you didn't know the day before. Uh, that's that's what life is about, because we say if we don't learn, we don't grow. And if we don't grow, what's the purpose of, of being here? You know, a lot of people are just stagnated. And they're not growing. They're not maturing. Nothing has changed. They've been waiting on something forever. And just just nothing has happened. So they think. There are things going on around us that's taking place every day. Life is still going on. <clears throat> I was talking to my neighbor the other day, and I spied him sitting on his tailgate and had this look on his face. And he was just beginning to tell me how he likes to do that and get in touch with nature and how it helps him to just be able to refocus. After, you know, working a job all week, you know, he, he said that's what he does. He comes out and sit and watch the sunset, and he began to talk about, you know, how, how beautiful it is and how vast it is. And uh, as he's saying that, I'm looking up and taking it all in, and I said, well, only if he knew, man, that that's, how, that's God. That, that's, not, that's like a canvas that God paints on. God made all of that. And... He used it for one thing. I use it to be able to focus on God, how great he is, and how he made all of that. You know what I'm saying? And so, but it, it was just amazing <clears throat> to me. You know, how he was sitting there, you know, just taking all that in. And, you know, and so this week has really been so many different things that are going on around us. A lot of times we don't, we so focus on our destination and what it is we got going on until we fail sometimes to take inventory of everything that's around us. Life is just around us. And sometimes, you know, we, 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 uh, we get hasty, we get in a hurry, we get busy and we don't take the time. But the Lord just began to deal with me this week because we, we had some, some expectations, I'll say. Anybody ever, you know, had some expectations, you know, about something and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go and you started to you trend toward a little bit of anxiety and frustration? Hey, that's, that's life. That's human life. 
And one of the things that God brought me back to this week because I was praying about these things as I knew that day was coming up that we was going to meet without faith, I'll say. We were going to meet with whatever the, whatever the outcome was. We didn't know, but we were hoping, we were praying, we were expecting. And that's a good exercise, you know what I'm saying, to work on uh, being patient, learning how to wait on things, you know, learning how to not react the way you used to react because you moved from that location. Now you're somewhere else. And we're really walking by faith and not by sight. We're living by faith and not by sight. But we're confident, amen, that God is going to reward our faith because we're not, maybe not all the time, sometimes maybe we do slip. Uh, people who say, I believe it when I see it. We're trying to really, really get that totally out of our toolbox because we only can please God by faith. Book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the King James Bible says that. Anybody who come to God must first believe. And then when you believe, then you ought to be, we ought to be willing to wait on what we believe. Yeah. And so if I know what it is I believe, go ahead and say it. Why? Because the power of that thing, the power of life and death is in our tongue. And we have to use our tongue to put God in remembrance before anything else of what he said he's going to do. Why? He watches over his word to perform it. Yeah, he watches over us. He watches over all the creation. But we are that member of creation, creating his image and likeness, that should put him in remembrance of what daddy said, what the father said. Let him know that we were listening. Let him know that we paying attention. Let him know that we take him at his word. Let him know we know if he said it, he's going to do it. He's going to bring it to pass. And then we wait. We wait on dad to come back with the, with the present. We wait on dad to come back with whatever he went to get for us. He went away to prepare something for us anyway. But in the meantime, when we put him in remembrance of he watched, he hates him to perform that word. You know, and this is why it's so important that we learn the word so we can put him in remembrance of it. And then our part is to be willing to wait. You know, I was just this morning laying back there praying to her, my wife praying and it just sparked something in me. And uh, I, I knew what I was going to be talking about today, even even at the 11 o'clock service. And I just thought this just made me feel so, so emboldened, so infused with strength and energy. You know, laying there, man, thinking about, you know, the willingness to wait on God. The Bible says in the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 1, verse, I think it's 18 and 19, you know, it says, look, you know, that if we be willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. You know, and so it's got to be on us. You know, God God is always faithful who promises. He's never going to disappoint. If God said it, God delights in doing it. But he wants to do it for those of us who come to him and believe that he's going to do what he promised he's going to do. And then be willing to wait, you know, and that, that obedience right there, man, that willingness and that obedience. In other words, willingness to be either being willing and obedient, meaning that my intent, you know, is that I'm, I'm, I'm knowing that he's going to do it. I'm not just hoping I know now. You know, I purposely wait. I intentionally wait. I don't have to have a crisis situation to do it. This is who I am now. This is who we are now. We are born again, spirit-filled believers, and we have a witness in us. We have the spirit of God in us, the word of God hidden in our hearts that we might not doubt in God and disbelieve God. We don't have misinformation. We don't have lies. We have truth. We've been sanctified by thy word, Lord. Thy word is truth. 
you know, and we hide that in our hearts, that we might not sin against God. The biggest sin that we commit against God is spirit-filled, word of God in our, in our inner man, wisdom in our innermost being, is doubt and unbelief. That was the biggest thing they were doing wrong when Jesus was there doing all these miracles, teaching them what the Father had said, not his word, but the Father's word. And they still were doubting him. And he wanted to know, which one of these miracles are you doubting me for? You're witnessing what you've been waiting for. Now it's actually taking place. The fame went out. They're bringing folks from everywhere. And he's healing them, raising them up. And there was still some doubters in the crowd. And as Jesus is healing them, Pastor Sheriff, guess what? He didn't lose his focus. He knew what was in their hearts. He knows what's in our hearts when we come to him. He knows that we're sincere. He knows that we're genuine. He knows that we really believe God going to heal me. Or he already healed me with his strength. We get in this habit sometimes of just saying things. But we taking it back to we first believe he's our healer. And he's going to heal us. It's his delight to do that. It's his pleasure to do that for us if we would just come to him and bring those, those he said, cast those cares upon me because I care for you. You know, we have to come with, with, with that level of trust and hope and confidence in what God said. So I, I, I grab a phone and I pick the pull this scripture because I know it was there. It's like, you know, I was telling God, Sharon, this song, man, just been resonating in my heart from years back, you know, like wait on the Lord, you know. Wait on the Lord. Now that song was just that. That's I've been I've been wearing that song out, listening to that song, because the words are so powerful. Wait on the Lord. And I went here, man. It says, "Has thou uh, this in the book of Isaiah chapter forty, verse twenty-eight? Has thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the earth, of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching." of his understanding and it says they that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and they will not faint so this is why i'm not we're not fainting we have something to stand on build on hold on to we have the infallible authentic okay unadulterated and errant word of god which is the truth Moral and ethical truth, the highest standard there is. And even when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raised that standard up. You know, no weapon formed against us going to prosper. Why? It's going to come near, but it's not going to prosper. Satan recognizes what's in us when we open up our mouth. God does too. You know, we start talking about the problem. That's where Satan want to go to work at in the problem. But if we start giving the answer, putting God in remembrance of what he said, Lord, you say with your stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, I'm hurting all over. I ain't got to say I'm hurt. God knows. He knows the level of my pain. He knows, you know, that I got cancer. He knows that I got that. He knows we got all these afflictions and whatnot. Paul came to him three times and asked God for healing. And the Bible said the Lord told Paul, said, Paul, right, the Bible said he had. Paul said, hey, he said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. A lot of us are living by grace today. And that grace is sufficient for us. We still have pain. We still get diagnosed. But we also have the word. We take that medicine too. That's the real medicine. It said in the book of Proverbs, fourth chapter, he said that word is like a medicine to your flesh and marrow to your bone. We have to take it the same way it's prescribed daily. 
eat that word daily. Jeremiah said that words were found and I did eat them and they become a joy and a rejoicing to my heart. Book of Jeremiah chapter 15, you know, verse 16, the King James Bible, you know. But he said, you wait on the Lord. Be of good cheer. He even talked about young folk waiting. And, you know, verse, verse above that verse I started with 28, 27, it talked about the young folks. So this word is for young, it's for always for everybody, men, women, no, no, no respective person. It's universal. Work for everybody, but you got to work it. And then in the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 27, verse 13, 14, the King James Bible says this, I had fainted unless I had believed. See, that's the key. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Look at what David said. Wait on the Lord. And this is not, it's, high, it's, it's, it's also included and involved how you wait. And be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse 13 through 14 of King James. Now, David was a very impatient man, but he was a man after God's own heart. So if we after God's own heart, God is telling us we got to be patient too. We can't get ahead of God. You know, we cannot get ahead of God. Some folks try to get ahead of God. And let me tell you how you know when somebody's ahead of God. When you hear people say this, I told God. No, God trying to tell us. And 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 and, and God don't hold it against us, but he corrects us. That's why he said, I've given you the word of God as a doctrine. And it's good for reproof. Book of Second Timothy, the third chapter, starting at verse 16, that Paul was telling Timothy, while well, Timothy getting ready to go out here and be a pastor. But Timothy had been raised up by Eunice and Lois, his grandmother and mother, in the scriptures. And Paul didn't want him to get away from what he had learned. So he brings it back to him, you know, and tells him now that the word of God is inspired of God, Timothy. What they taught you is breathed out by God. That was just something out of their playbook. But they taught you what they had learned. And it's, it's good for doctrine. You live your life, base your life on it. build your future on And he said it's good for doctrine. You got to have some instructions in life. You can't just run through life without... You, a lot of people ignorantly worship God. You know? And God is waiting on them to try to get to a place where they can learn, so they can grow, so they can mature. And some folks just satisfied and say, well, I go to so-and-so church, and Bishop so-and-so is my bishop, and Pastor so-and-so is my father. Don't know nothing. You ask with me. And you'll see him that Sunday, man, at the all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, we don't go there anymore, but we, we remember some of the conversation. Oh, man, Bishop, no, he blessed my soul today. My stock was praising God. What did he say? I don't know what he said, but I just know it made me feel good. I had goosebumps everywhere. You know, but Paul told Timothy, don't make that mistake, Timothy. Timothy, I, I want you to take this word that you learned. It's inspired of God. Treat it like it's God breathed. Treat it like it's inspired. Treat it like God gave it. And he said, let it be good for a doctrine, a foundation, something to build on. And use it for reproof. Meaning, let the word tell you what you're doing wrong in life. Then he said, and use it for correction. It's good for correction. If it tells you what you're doing wrong, God ain't going to leave you hanging. He's going to tell you how to correct what you're doing wrong. In life, everything pertains to life in God. Got to be done God's way if we want God to add those things he promised to us. And then he said, hey, once they correct you, now you got to be instructed in righteousness. 
You know, that the men and women of God can be instructed in righteousness. Why? He wants them to be fairly furnished and prepared unto every good work. Not just doing stuff. Going to church. Where you? I've been baptized. Are you saved? Well, I've been in the church all my life. Are you saved? Well, I did this. I worked on this. But are you saved? What, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, you know, verses 8 through 13, tells you how to be saved. If you believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you know what I'm saying? If you confess with your mouth, you know the same thing, then guess what? You believe under righteousness, confession is made under salvation. Anybody who calls on that, I, I, I never heard that before. But you've been baptized. And so he said, you know, we got to wait on the Lord. You know, he said, David said, I would have fainted had I not believed, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, I had to wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Again, that's in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse 13, 14, 15, 15. So this brings me to this scripture that the Lord gave me the other day, just to remind me of what was required of me as I'm going through this tremendous week. I know I'm not the only one who had a, a tremendous week. It was so tremendous until it, it had me, I'll say, sweating. How I many you know when you don't know something, it, it might cause you to sweat when you want to know, you know, when you're so driven to know what to do next, how, how to approach this, how to get beyond this. And God just wants you to just sit there and wait. Now, some people think wait means just don't do nothing. When I'm, when I'm put in a pattern like that, I got to get my Bible. I got to get my phone. I got to pull up stuff. I, you know, I got to work on it. Why? He's telling me to be of good courage. Come on, work on and I ain't feeling no courage, y'all. I'm, 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 I'm feeling flesh trying to kick in. I'm feeling making a call to somebody and blessing them out, and you know, and and and, and whooping them with my tongue. I'm, you know, I'm, those are the those are the thoughts that's trying to come because I'm saying this is unfair. This ain't right. I ain't saying it to God, but I'm saying it to myself because I'm trying to find some happy medium for me. I'm trying to I'm trying to self medicate myself. I'm trying to make myself, man, make some sense out of out of out of why there's a delay, why this ain't happening. And then I hear things like brought back to my remembrance. I remember all your say like you used to say, uh, a delay is not you know a denial. Well, what you gonna do now? What you gonna say now? So I had to go back and pull from some of those antidotes and those 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 pills and those things and saying that got me through the last trial, the last test. You know? And I say, Well, I know I hadn't been denied. See that that self I had to self I had to self counsel myself. Because I've been there before, I used that before. And it's like I hear the Lord say, Okay, what are you gonna do about it? You know, and, and, and I said, Well, I know what to do about it. I'm going to wait, Lord. I'm, I'm going to wait on you, Lord. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to stress out. I'm going to wait on you. And so this is one of the virtues, man, when we start talking about, you know, spiritual wellness, emotional wellness. I, I want to tie this to emotional wellness today. You know, that's one of the areas, emotional wellness. We know we, 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 we know how to be spiritually well. We know how to be physically well. You know, we work out. We do all those things. We eat right. We get the proper rest. We drink water, then we and soda pop, and all that. So we do all those physical things. We read our word. We study our word. But then there is that there is that mythical path that sometimes you know the way we think in our heart, we become that way. 
Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 7, the King James Bible, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we have to guard what we think in our heart. This is why it's so important to have the word in our heart that we might not sin against God. Because we, we can think, you can think sin it'll be seen. He said, you know, as a man commits adultery in his heart, it's just like he already did it. So we have to guard that heart against the things we think. You know, sometimes it's easy to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Sometimes it will get carried away and we'll go too far and we'll forget where we started from. And we have to work our way back. Tears in our eyes hurt because I'm saved and saved a dozen years and I'm thinking like this. I'm thinking about putting my hands on somebody, blessing somebody out, giving a piece of my mind, letting this anxiety rule in my mind. And it'd be like, they better be glad I'm not close to them now. And sometimes we'll try to go get close to them, you know, because we're feeling, you know, we're feeling like I got to go there, man. I got to let them know I don't like this. You know, we human, we deal with all these anxieties, you know, but thank God sometimes we don't act these things out, even though we're thinking it, but we have to be careful. This is why we have to renew our minds in the word of God every day. We have to renew our minds. Why? We'll start conforming to the things of the world, meaning we'll start doing things the way the world do things. Get the last word. Don't let them you know, don't let them provoke you and get away with you. That's how the world do things. They want to give a person peace of their mind. They might get a gun and go kill somebody. People do this stuff. They get so frustrated. They play this stuff out in their mind. They think it's unfair. It's not right. They go take action. You know? So we have to be so careful because the Bible said that's like that's like a double-minded person. You know what I'm saying? And everything is nice and calm. My mind stayed on the Lord. I'm enjoying the perfect peace. But the minute, man, something comes and throws me off, you know, sometimes we go a little bit too far in how we think about things when we should be renewing our mind because they calm. You know, I am really, really being tested in that area, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm growing because think about it. This is, this is the year that God said we're going to have to believe what we going to declare about it. And then once we declare, which hopefully is the word of God, okay, we know what we believe. We know who we believe. He's already given us 66 books of promises. We can't forget them. You know, we got to put them somewhere, have them in our heart, because we're going to need them. That was one of the profound things about Jesus. When he was finally approved of God, led in the wilderness by the Spirit of God and full of power, he was ready for any attack, any fire dart, anything to say we're going to say. And I love what he said. Get thee behind me. Say, we know where it's coming from. We know where those high things are coming from. We know he's trying to exalt that above the knowledge of God. Get us thrown off. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Say, He knew it wasn't about flesh and blood that I was getting ready to go cuss out. He said, get thee behind me, Say. It's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You read that in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, 19. You know, it's so it's so clear, so profound. We do all of this with the word so we can have that word readily available. And you'll be amazed how quick the Holy Spirit will bring it back to you if you studied it. If you studied it. If you, if you spent time in that word, you might think you can't remember but that's okay. You got a helper. His name is the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he's a paracletos. He comes alongside of us to help us and to bring things back to our remembrance. And we ought to be saying over our mind that, you know, 
but just. You understand what I'm saying? But just. You know, we, we, we have the mind of the just, you know, justified by faith. You know, we're blessed. The memory of the just is blessed. We ought to be saying that about ourselves. I've been justified by faith, so my memory is blessed. Holy Ghost going to bring this back to my remembrance. That's, that's one of his functions, one of his roles. But listen at this in the book of James. This is what came to me the other morning. It says, you know, but let patience have her perfect work, her perfect work, that ye may be. It says, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect. Listen to this now. And entire. There's no, there's no, there's no empty spaces in my life. Entire. Wanting nothing, you know, that's the King James Version. Wanting nothing. You know why that's so important, wanting nothing? Because the Lord already supplied all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We don't have to want for any good or beneficial thing. We just have to learn how to wait on God to manifest all these precious promises. That's why he says, don't forget all of my benefits. Put, don't forget, but put me in remembrance of them or some of them. You know, if God, if you're sick, you don't have to say you're sick. Say with his stripes, I'm healed. That's the answer. If you're weak, don't say you're weak. Let the weak say, I'm strong. You know, he says the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. We've been redeemed by the curse of the law. Wow, he hung on the tree who knew no sin. He is our redeemer. Every sickness, disease, probably we're going to have, it's, if you go back to Deuteronomy, it tells you where it came from. It has an origin. It's a curse of the law. But we no longer live under the law. Because he said, a letter of the law, if you live there too long, he kill it. But the Spirit of God gives his life. Why? Because we're not eating this word. And he gives life to that word. He goes from being logos on the pages in the Bible, written word, to becoming rhema, living word. Living word. You know, it comes alive in us. It quickens our mortal mind, quickens our spirit. It bears witness in us. Spirit of God in us, the word of God, they bear witness with our spirit, you know? And so James said, but let patience have her perfect work. Do it better than we can do it, you know? What does it mean to let patience have her perfect work? And I'm getting ready to bring it in. It's about facing our problems, and we all going to face our problems. We ain't going to get, you can run away from them, but they're going to be right there when you turn around. Might as well just, I, we should tell people, just turn around and face it. You, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. The devil is defeated. He's under your feet. Bible said Jesus made a show of him openly. And find it for me in the book of Philippians, I think it is chapter 2, verse 15, King James Bible, I'm not mistaken. Jesus did this for us. He made a show of him openly. When everybody see what he, how, how defeated Satan is. Because he was harassing God's people. And then Jesus came along and made a show of him openly and spoiled his principality, you know, and put him under our feet. He is under our feet. We have power over him. God has given us power to tread upon the, the serpents and scorpions over all the power and works of the adversary, you know? Listen at this, book of Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 15 to 17, the King James Bible. Having made, he says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. Some of those principalities, plural, more than one, triumphing over them in it. Yes. 
Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of some holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath day. Now what he's saying there is this. All these traditional things that people say, well, they ain't watched the hymn before they, they didn't do this. They didn't do that. Are they doing this on this day? <laughs> Lord, so don't let nobody judge you in that. You know what I'm saying? Don't you judge yourself in that. You know? That's the law that killeth. The letter of the law killeth. But God's spirit quickens us. Why? Because we got the word in our hearts. That we might not sin against God trying to keep up with all these that keep up with this and keep up with that. You know, and the law the law served its purpose. Jesus didn't get rid of it. He fulfilled it. So we have to look to what he fulfilled and draw strength from that. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for us. Thank you for the defeating Satan. Thank you, Lord, for rebuking him. I don't have to rebuke him. All these Christopher running around here rebuking everything man in sight. Lord, I already rebuked him. I don't have to rebuke him. I just remind him of what the Lord did. Satan, he's already rebuked you. He already spoiled your principality. Get back under my feet. He's afraid of a belief that know the word. So what does it mean to be patient and have her let patience have her perfect work? It's about facing our problems with a sense of confidence that God, divine truth, Meaning that it's inspired by God, divine. Me, man can't come up with it. We can't make it up. It, it's given by God. It's moral and ethical. It's the highest standard out there. It's always active and always available to help us gain the higher ground. You know, that's why he said we are city that sit on a hill. We cannot be hid. We ought to let our light so shine that men can see our good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. That higher ground, that higher calling. It's more spiritual understanding of how to approach life. We can't just run out here and start doing a lot of stuff, thinking a lot of stuff, you know, doing stuff. A lot of people right now, man, have have, have overindulged. You know, they, they 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 try to live outside of their means, and now they're paying the price. Cause they never consult, they didn't pray about it, they just went and did it. You know. No, not based on any truth, okay? Trying to gain the whole world and lose your soul. You know, it's just like when he said, beware the leaven of the Pharisee. You know, you know, leaven is like dough, it rises. And if you get this stuff in you, it, it may be small, but it begins to expand. It starts to affect your emotions. It starts to affect those they there you talking about. Hit your finances. You know what I'm saying? Might lose your job, you know? You know, it, it affects us in all those areas. We're not the same. That's what leaven does. And when patience has its perfect work, the result is always, it's going to be healing if we need healing. You know, it's going to be victory. It's going to be, uh, it's going to prosper us. Just like the Bible said, beloved, I wish above all things that I would have prospered and be in health, as your, even as your soul prospered. So it's going to prosper us in life, you know. Because our, our way, that's our way of life. It's going to prosper in that. And so the Bible is very clear. James is very clear here in this chapter. Chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Knowing this, that the trying of our faith works patience. But let patience have our perfect work, that we may be perfect in child wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Because God has already supplied what we need. 
So we're going to end right there this morning. Hope you got something out of the lesson uh, today. Letting patience have her perfect word. Wait on God. You know, learning how to wait on God. We, we know he's, it's bound to happen if we wait on God. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, God, for the word of God. We thank and praise you even now, God, as we are uh, emboldened and empowered now, God, with an antidote, God, something that we can use right now when there's so much going on around us, so many uh, occurrences, things taking place, coming from every direction, north and south, east and the west, up and down. God is just everywhere right now. So much uncertainty, God. But Father, we hold firm and fast to the confession of our faith and we wait on the Lord because we know. And God, we don't just wait to be wait, God, physically. But God, we wait and we're of good courage and good cheer because we know you will strengthen our hearts, God. And we don't want for nothing because we know you are the good shepherd and you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We don't have to want for any good or beneficial thing. Now, we pray this over our family. We pray this over our families of the world. We pray this, God, over over so many out there right now that are busy bodies. They're alone here and taught here, God. Everyone in the doctrine. They're running here, running there. They're trying to find a conference. They're trying to get to a pro- prophetic gathering, God. They want a word, God. Instead of looking into the perfect law of liberty, as James said, and continuing therein, that we might have success, not just success, but good success, as you promised. So, God, we just pray that you just settle us right now, Holy Spirit, that we'll wait on God and be of good cheer and of good courage and rejoice because we know, God, that change is inevitable. We give you the praise for it now. In Jesus' name, let us have this word in our hearts now that we might not sin against you. And wait on you, Lord, for the manifestation of the things that we believe in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.